Hi guys, and welcome to the second episode of Stereotypically Us. This podcast is going to talk about diversity, inclusivity, and representation in sports. We want to start this episode off by saying a big thank you for all the love and support for our first episode. We're still figuring this out and we are grateful for your patience. Do check us out on social media at stereotypically underscore us on Instagram. Our first topic for today is Ethan Bear and the remarks made against him and his Indigenous heritage. After the Oilers were swept in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs by the Winnipeg Jets, Oilers defenseman Ethan Bear received numerous racist comments on social media. It was a turnover by Bear that led to the Jets tying the game, which they eventually won in overtime. It's so sad to see him receive racist comments though, especially since Connor McDavid, who had a bad turnover leading to the Winnipeg's game-winning goal, did not receive any hate. The good thing is the hockey community has rallied around Bear to stand up against racism. Bear released a video statement saying, I'm here to stand up to this behavior. I'm proud of where I come from. I'm proud to be from Ochapawas, First Nation. I'm not just doing this for myself. I'm doing this for all people of color and the, for the next generation. The Oilers general manager, Ken Holland, also stood up for Bear, saying he's a tremendous role model for all young athletes, especially in the Indigenous community. Holland said he gives time to the community, he's popular in the locker room, and that he felt sick for him and disappointed that he would get this kind of abuse. He said, I think we've made strides, but there's a long way to go to create a world where everybody feels safe and they don't get this kind of racism and abuse. Many hockey players and fans have stood up for Bear, and a rally took place on Saturday outside Rogers Place to show support. Honestly, the fans' behavior was really concerning, and we are not just seeing this with Ethan Bear, but it's also happening in basketball as well, very frequently. Recently, we saw this happen with Kyrie Irving. We also saw this happen with Westbrook. And fans really need to behave themselves because this is absolutely not done. Also, it's very evident that it's racism, basically just blatant racism because they're giving this hatred to Ethan Bear, but not towards Conor McDavid, which is just an evident bias. And it's people need to improve themselves and change. This is absolutely not done. But it's good to see that the NHL took strides to support him and he felt safe enough to release a statement and talk about it. But it shouldn't have to come to this and people need to change. I think it says a lot about the Oilers organization as well because they stood behind him by releasing a statement as well as allowing him to use their platform to really speak out about these things. But I feel like other teams haven't really shown the same support. I don't expect other teams to maybe say something regarding this, but it would be nice to at least for them to have said something in regards to the comments that were out, um, that were made, and to be like, we stand with him, and this kind of behavior is not accepted in hockey in itself. Absolutely, yeah, the the support should have come from other teams as well. The silence is a lot, and it's good to see that people have are showing their support and want to help causes to amplify Indigenous voices because it is needed, especially after we heard over the weekend about the tragic discovery of the remains of 215 Indigenous children that were found at a residential school in British Columbia. We want to send our thoughts and prayers to the Indigenous and First Nations people who are grieving at this time. 
it is very saddening and absolutely horrifying how canada and the government still continues to ostracize and discriminate against indigenous people um in the world of sports however this incident was acknowledged especially during monday's leaf versus habs game where nhl and sportsnet took the time to uh took a moment of silence out of respect and also showed some photos from a memorial that took place in british columbia blue jays and raptors announced that they are lowering their flags for 2 hours and 15 minutes some people on twitter though were criticizing them for being performative and not doing enough 2 hours and 15 minutes isn't really a long time and when you think about it probably won't get noticed by a lot of people uh i know the canadian government has decided to lower their flags for a lot longer than that i believe um but still all the way through it's not enough being done by anyone really not the canadian government or the sports organizations the people who are really in charge the government aren't doing anything to support them and aren't leading the way when it comes to this issue it just seems performative from all angles because if their level of showing respect and acknowledging the issue just goes to lowering the flags and giving out a statement on twitter that's meaningless because that statement kind of doesn't match the actions especially from Justin Trudeau who said we are here for you yet he doesn't do much for indigenous people so we hope to see more organizations speak on this and do more in support of indigenous people and indigenous players non indigenous allies who want to donate and can donate should check out indian residential school survivor society at www.irsss.ca it is also important to educate yourself on canada's history and the genocide and assimilation of indigenous people you can follow accounts on instagram like at decolonize myself at on canada project as well as lisa.beading all this information will be up on our social media for you to check out and access moving on to our second story and a very heartbreaking one Naomi Osaka's decision to not attend post-game press conferences and her withdrawal from the French Open. The gist of it, in a now-deleted Instagram post, Naomi announced that she won't be attending post-game conferences as it affects her mental health and also acknowledged that these interviews do a lot of harm for players' well-being, which has often resulted in players even breaking down during these conferences. This then led to organizations who run the Grand Slams placing a $15,000 fine on Osaka as she chose not to honor her contractual media obligations. They also threatened to expel her from the tournament. Naomi then posted another announcement saying that she'll be withdrawing from the French Open as to not inconvenience the tournament. She also mentioned that she has been suffering from depression since the US Open in 2018, which then resulted in the Roland Garros releasing a performative statement saying that, quote, "As all Grand Slams, we remain very committed to all athletes' well-being." and to continually improve every aspect of players experience in the tournament including the media like we have always tried to do and quote support for naomi poured out from everywhere and it sparked a conversation about how damaging media interviews can be on players steph curry went on to tweet you shouldn't ever have to make a decision like this but so damn impressive taking the high ground when the power ups that be don't protect their own mad respect It's disappointing in a nutshell. It's really disappointing because the fact that she said she's taking a break for mental health reasons and then the organizations go out of their way to make it even more difficult for her. That's just sad. 
That's extremely sad. I think I remember reading somewhere that the reason they decided to find her and say all these things was because they felt that it was unfair to other athletes that they had to do media press conferences and she wasn't. And they felt that this would give her an advantage. So if you're saying that, then what does that have to say about media press conferences in general? You're basically saying that having to do media press conferences is supposed to, is yeah, is damaging and can affect how people play in the tournament. So I think you're sort of, they're sort of contradicting themselves. Oh, absolutely. Like, I feel even in the statements they made, it just kind of like they don't want to acknowledge that it's harmful. But at the same time, they decorate it in a way where they're like, oh, we are here for her. We are so sorry she made this decision. Yeah, what led her to make that decision? Let's talk about that. Instead of all this, oh, we are here for our players. Clearly you're not because you see it as an unfair advantage. And it's sad that it came to a point where she had to completely withdraw because she thought she was being an inconvenience. That also, I think, says a lot on how sports world itself acknowledges mental health and views mental health. We've seen players after games, like they're just so heartbroken and so sad. And then questions itself are framed in a way where it is attacking them, commenting on their performance. You can see this in all sports when they do post-game press conferences and they ask the person who maybe made the game-losing mistake, like, how does it feel? Or what do you think you should have done better? Which I feel is so, is like what fans want to hear, but at the same time, it's just making that person relive all the mistakes they've made. And obviously they already feel bad for doing, making that mistake and you're just making them feel even worse. In Naomi's article, like she mentioned in the second article, because the first one is deleted, not the article, the statement, yeah. Uh, She said that, you know, I still believe that these rules and laws are very outdated, which is very true. Like, if you talk to anyone on Twitter, not saying boomers, but boomers on Twitter, most of the reaction is like, yeah, she deserved to be fined, she deserved to be uh, expelled because she's not agreeing to her contract. And maybe it's time those rules change, those laws change, because how does this help the players? It does not. How does this help anyone? It's like just a disadvantage to everyone involved. I understand from a media perspective that you want direct quotes to put in things and you want to hear what the players have to say. And I don't think we necessarily need to take out uh, post-game conferences completely. But I think maybe the questions that reporters ask could be better phrased and or reviewed before they ask them. Because... Sometimes when reporters just go up and then they're able to ask whatever they want, it can be very, um, I don't know how to say it, but like attack, like they attack the players or they ask things that are very personal. And we've also seen this, especially towards women in sports, um, where they ask them very inappropriate questions that they would never ask men. So I think maybe it's time that we review questions before they're asked, which I'm not sure is even possible, but that's an option to consider. That's, yeah, definitely an option to consider. Good suggestion too. Naomi mentioned that she's going to talk to the ATP and everyone else about how they can make this a better environment for players. 
And let's see where this goes. We wish Naomi the best. We hope she does well, and we can't wait to see her on the court again soon. And that's episode two of Stereotypically Us. We hope you enjoyed it, and we look forward to sharing the next episode with you. You can follow us on social media. Our Instagram handle is at stereotypically underscore us. Just find our Twitter through there because I don't remember what the handle is. <laughs> also subscribe to our mailing list where we are going to send you a newsletter before every episode so you can stay up to date. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.